You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hi everyone, good morning from Barcelona. This is Panayota, reporting for the Corona Diaries of the Allegra Lab. This was going to be the last of these uh, series of uh, podcasts and diaries that um, I've been contributing to. And uh, first of all, I wanted to say that um, kind of strange, since this has been accompanying me um, as, as something to do on a Saturday morning or a Friday night um, during these weeks of, of harsh confinement, um, recording the last episode uh, is making, is giving me some sort of illusion that the confinement will also be over <laughs> very soon which um, might or might not be true. The good news is that starting tomorrow, um, I can accompany my kid down to the street or the beach for a long walk and some time of uh, play outdoors. For this, we're very happy and grateful. But I'm also very happy and grateful that I've been part of this uh, initiative and that it has um, made me stop and think every week about the things that mostly impacted me um, and allowed, you know, allowed some space for, um, for reflections to be made, which I think wouldn't necessarily have been there um, in the rush of, uh, of, of dealing with, with work, uh, family, anxiety, um, responsibilities and whatnot. So thank you all for um, for listening and thanks fellow co-diarists who have been offering their thoughts, which was uh, have also been very inspiring. Um, in this last episode, what I wanted to talk about is something that has made quite an impression on me lately, uh, this these last few days, as I am paying attention to, or I'm trying to follow most of what be, is being said in the social media. Um, about this uh, pandemic. So what I've been noticing is that there's a lot of people that uh, apparently belong to the anarchist um, collective who seem to portray the measures taken to control this epidemic, to control this pandemic as being purely authoritarian, uh, taking away our liberties, um, even part of a big, you know, conspiracies against um, against humanity, uh, you know, people saying that this has all been orchestrated so that a new vaccine can come out, that big pharmaceuticals and big, like, uh, organizations um, and individuals can profit from it and so on. And that, and you know, they put forward these claims basically also um, uh, using the fact that a lot of people in this moment are suffering because of these measures uh, that, that are being taken. I don't understand how people who consider themselves progressive of the left, of the um, you know of the most radical left, they don't see how similar they sound to denialist, racist, and macho leaders such as Trump or Bolsonaro. Um, so I wanted to share my thoughts on this, even as raw as they are um, at the moment. Um, it is true that there's a lot of suffering right now because people cannot work, they don't have a source of income, or because they have to work and they, um, they're being exposed 
to uh, to the risk of disease, or they they carry that risk back home and to their vulnerable families um, and dependents. There is a lot more complexity uh, because obviously this these measures that are being taken in Europe and elsewhere um, are based on the assumption that people have a home to um, to close themselves into. They can go to the supermarket and buy the food they need and consume it at home, etc. And there's a lot of other realities, and and especially um, in other contexts, uh, this this type of measures might cause a food crisis, might cause you know a lot of deaths because of malnutrition, and um, so I think that the problem is not that the government is trying to take some measures to control the spread of a disease, which by the way um, is this is beginning to be more and more obvious that it's hitting the most vulnerable uh, socioeconomically, but also um, the most uh, racialized groups, the most um, marginalized groups of society. It's not a disease that um, that is affecting the privileged. So even if we were kind of what letting letting it take its toll, um, it's not that this would not affect an even worse, um, in a worse manner, uh, the, the people who are now also being affected in different ways. So I think it's, it's, it's a trap to try to see what is happening now as good or bad, um, as authoritarian or as progressive. Um, I'm referring to the confinement measures, the long-term confinement measures that are being taken. Um, and I think we need to think, I think we need to give a bit more attention to, um, what could be done or, and what still can be done differently in order for confinement um, to be accompanied by, by other measures who might alleviate the pressures um, that people are feeling right now, the multiple types of pressures. So to begin with, I mean, obviously this is a, this, this type of, of government is bio, biopolitics because life is at the center of, um, of what is happening at the political level. So what's the problem here is not biopolitics in itself because biopolitics might act actually this is the definition of it right it acts for the benefit of life of the population the problem here is who is the population um who is the population of concern in this type of biopolitics of public health um and we we see here that obviously uh, some parts of the population are not considered as of concern um because they are minorities, because they don't, uh, they they are invisible, or they have been invisible or invisibilized, and um, and this is the problem. The problem is that everybody should be included in the population of concern in this pandemic when measures of prevention and control are being implemented, and those measures should not be, um, in my opinion, a one-off um, decision of experts and bureaucrats, governmental bureaucrats, how they should be renegotiated with the public in a constructive way, um, integrating, you know, experiences and, and, and know-how that is being developed on the way. We've been in this situation for 43 days now. Uh, we've learned what works and what not for, for which people. And so we should be able to, um, to provide that knowledge as citizens and for governments to, to hear and take it into account so that um, future measures can be more humane, more considerate and um, more just. So again, um, is, it, um, is, this, is this type of, uh, of government, of biopolitics, taking away some of our liberties? 
Yes, it is. It, does it carry risks of surveillance and risks of um, of establishing a new normality or of um, of things happening in the backstage where we don't right now? You know, we can't we can't protest. We can't follow every other news because we're like inundated by information about the pandemic, etc. Yes, there is this risk, and we have to be alert to all of these risks. But um, going back to normal, going back to business as usual, um, in many ways will be an even worse disaster. Inequalities will not be erased. Um, the state will still have power over us. If anything, we need to act within reason and claim a voice over the decisions taken. And we need to be helping each other at this moment. And we also need to be demanding for more types of um, measures to be implemented to alleviate the hardship that people are experiencing, especially vulnerable um, people are experiencing right now because of confinement. Even more broadly, I think that while we are um, trying to come to terms with our current realities um, and be solidary and, and act within, um, within a collective, even if we're like uh, physically uh, isolated, I think we need to think also about what is it that we want to go back to. And this is a much bigger and broader question. Um, but on the on the good side of things, a lot of people have also been, um, you know, starting to think and propose and writing manifestos about what what do we want to return to and what do we want to um, do without. And one of the most inspiring um, types of manifestos in that sense has been um, something that Bruno Latour is is uh, proposing, which is to think what is it that we want to keep producing after we come out of this pandemic and what is it that we don't want to be investing and producing um, because it's harmful, it's useless to the majority of people, it does not make us happy, it involves great risks. I hope that we will get the chance to, um, to think and talk about these things, um, not in a hurry, um, but also not letting them go after we come out of this um, pandemic. And I just wanted to leave you with a bit of a um, resume of how the week has been uh, in Barcelona. In a positive note, we have had the celebration of San Jordi, which is a big day here in Catalonia. Um, it involves the exchange of books and roses. And since people uh, couldn't leave their house and celebrate this, this day on the streets like we usually do, um, there has been um, a lot of balconies decorated with uh, recycled materials made DIY roses, um, a lot of videos circulating on the internet um, to animate kids because this is a big celebrate, big big day for kids. Um, there's songs and, and the traditional story behind it. Um, we have felt very accompanied um, and we continue being in our balconies, looking at each other, uh, waving at each other and there have been a lot of uh, sweet stories of neighbors who leave, um, left, have left surprise presents to each other's doors with uh, surprise books bought from local uh, bookstores. And so um, this week has also been a reminder that um, some of the things that really matter, um, you make them possible no matter the circumstances. And these are the type of things that we want to see um, surviving through this pandemic. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope everybody is well and stays well, and I hope that as spring becomes more present, um, 
that we can all soon go out and celebrate it as it deserves. Goodbye.